pickaxe. Some people might say coffee doesn't need chocolate, but you're not some people. You're a dreamer. You see the possibilities of chocolate and caramel flavors swirling together with cold brew, topped with velvety chocolate cold foam and cocoa caramel crumbles. That imagination can only be rewarded with Dunkin's new caramel chocolate cold brew. It's a cold brew dream come true. America runs on Dunkin. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Howdy, folks. Uh, guess what? You know that website we've been promising you guys? Well, it's up. DNRpodcast.com. That's D-A-N-D-R-podcast.com. Jake White did a fantastic job on it. And uh, what we're going to be doing is taking all of the wiki entries from Obsidian Portal and porting them over uh, to the website. So the website itself will have a, a... fully archived wiki you could catch up on anything you may have missed from the show it's going to take some time because it's a hell of a lot of writing and a lot of backtracking actually because turns out we've done many 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 hours of this show so um just be patient and and that'll be up but in the meantime you could check out uh some fantastic handwritten articles um uh, uh, uh rob uh, wrote something uh and uh brian brian cookie cook wrote something uh so swing by check that out Uh, you can also check out every single episode that we've ever done is up there, including the inspector stuff, the mailbag episodes. Uh, and you can find out a little bit about us in the about us section. Um, also on the front page, uh, if you'd like to support the show, uh, you can subscribe to audio, uh, audible, uh, and that's free. It's a free month and we get a little kickback for it, uh, to help keep the lights on. Uh, if you'd like to donate to us uh, at any time, you can go to PayPal. We're going to put a button on the site. We just haven't had a chance yet. Um, uh, you can go to PayPal uh, and uh, send a donation to uh, dnrpodcast at gmail.com, which is always appreciative. Um, something else we appreciate is uh, rating us on iTunes because we want to climb them charts. Being number one isn't good enough for us. We want to be higher. We want to we want to spread the word to as many people as possible, and it's greatly appreciated. On top of that, you may notice I sound a little different, maybe a little clearer. Uh, A new sound card and a new microphone. So what I may be doing in the future is uh, buying some microphones and sending them out to certain people on the show to help improve audio quality and all that good stuff. Uh, That does it for me. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and let us know what you think on the fan page uh, at facebook.com slash randomness or swing by the site, check stuff out, send us an email, uh, dnrpodcast at gmail.com you get the idea thanks a lot uh, alright let's go around the room and do some introductions uh, I'm Jason I'm the Dungeon Master going around the room with Danielle I am Danielle I play Trixie the Drought Assassin and Alana? Hello, I'm Alana. I play Braneth. I'm a cleric elf, and I've been a very bad, bad girl. And Tyson? Hey, I'm Tyson. I play Galford, the gnome warlock asshole. <laughs> and Brian? Uh, I'm Brian. I play the mole root and priest. And Megan? Hi, I'm Megan. I am Tala, the ravenclawed shifter who is shifting to a zombie. Are you a Ravenclaw now? Razor Claw. 
whatever. I thought we were playing. I, I belong Potter in also. House Ravenclaw, j- just so we're clear. <laughs> People are writing fan fiction. The sweaty um, hat said so. Hufflepuff swears that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's recap real quick what happened last time. You guys made it out of Ona Call. So congratulations on that, firstly. There were, however, a couple of complications. Uh, Tala, as uh, as we all know, was bitten, and she is not so slowly <laughs> dying in front of you, actually. And uh, she will reanimate uh, after she dies. Uh, Valis was resurrected by Baranith. Bitch. So... <laughs> <laughs> so... That's kind of interesting, and we'll we'll see what happens with that later today. But uh, I, I would say he helped you guys escape the city. Um, Picked up my fat ass. <laughs> you had one bad roll, you know. It just happened to be a really bad time to have a bad roll. <laughs> Going down the stairs. Uh, so what we're going to do is start out today. You guys, uh, after escaping the city, came across. Uh, a lovely man with uh, with a wagon heading into the city making a delivery. Uh, and strangely enough, he was by himself, which uh, doesn't usually happen. There's usually a caravan of people, there's some guards, there's, there's stuff going on. So, um, uh, what we're going to do is, you guys have been on the road now for about a day. Uh, and you're, uh, you're on the outskirts of the desert at this point. Uh, and this has been quite a a quiet wagon ride thus far. Uh, is there anything you guys would like to do? Uh, speak to each other, anything like that, before we advance? Anyone want to stop for potty break? I'm <laughs> <laughs> riding in a wagon for a day. It's true. You might want to stretch your legs, something like that. We can I'll- do that. I'll stay yeah. near Trixie. Now, here's the cool thing about you guys riding in a wagon. Uh, keeping out of the sun. Uh, this is a this is a nice covered wagon, and um, Tala's condition has not worsened as of yet. Uh, partially because y- you guys have kept out of the sun, she's she's able to lay down, and you're not running around constantly. Uh, which was one of the big problems in Onakal. So her condition hasn't. You know, she hasn't decreased any. Uh, but she still is... Uh, I believe you made it to stage three last time we sat down. That's correct. All right, so... Can I keep working my healing mojo to help with, like, pain relief and stuff? Uh, yeah, you absolutely can. That's fine. It won't help her condition, of course, but... Uh, yeah, this is more acting like a painkiller type thing. So, uh, you guys have uh, brought the wagon to a halt and uh, you've all jumped out and kind of stretching your legs and kind of fan out a little bit. Started peeing everywhere. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Valus kind of separates himself from the party. Just kind of stands off by himself a bit. Uh, staring toward the direction of uh, north. It'd be towards Brightport. Uh, this is just a large expanse of sand. There really isn't anything on the horizon other than more sand. <laughs> um, We're on just, the, the outskirts of the desert. What a, yeah, you're on... Like? It's it, Whereas 
the further you head into the desert, you're going to catch glimpses of, of things moving beneath the sand and things like that. If you don't know where to go, you're going to get ambushed. There's awful, horrible things out there. Uh, and, of course, you'll see cactus and, and cacti and all types of things like that. But other than that, it's mostly just more and more and more sand. It's uh, incredibly easy to get lost unless, again, you know where you're going. Luckily, uh, you just follow the tracks made by the wagon on the way out. Plus, this guy seems to know seems to know what he's doing. Uh you're, you're gathering that maybe to keep costs down on deliveries, he's just making the run alone, or maybe circumstances just uh, just had him doing it by himself. Whatever the reason, he, he seems to have made this trip many times. Hmm. So what's his attitude towards us right now? Is he just oh, resigned, to, resigned to the fact that he'd taken the trip, but he's still pissed? He's pissed. Yeah. Uh, not only did he, ri- it's still risking your life. So you know, you guys are dead broke. So he's getting no money from that. You took his wagon, even though he's still aboard, and you could have left him to die. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a dangerous trip to make, and to get nothing for it. You know, um, uh, the wagon's filled with uh, bags of grain, things like that, uh, some fresh produce. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, there's that, and of course water. Um. But that's more personal use. That wasn't really for delivery, as Onacall has its own water source. Uh, what was he so, delivering? Well, the the grain, produce, things like that. This is oh, just okay. stuff that they can't grow there in Onacall. They get imported. Right. Uh, there are towns on the uh, on the outskirts of the desert where they actually grow things, and uh, they'll they'll pay a pretty penny to actually ship in things like apples and just just regular stuff that people take for granted. Uh, they they obviously can't grow in the desert, so. Yeah, and they make enough money from slave trade and entertainment and things like that. It's it's kind of like Las Vegas out in the middle of the desert. You know, uh, that's the only thing people go out there for is to bet on whether slaves kill each other or giant scorpions or whatever. So, not that that's happening anymore, but <laughs> clearly, we're yeah. in a recession. Yeah, it's time stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll finish up my my leak, I guess, and walk over to Rikus and uh, and just say. Where do we go after this? I mean, assuming that that uh, we f- find some miraculous cure for for Tala, what do you do after this, Rikus? What's your commitment to this gathering of people? Uh, I guess it, my commitment will just be to I, just. I feel like we have something better to do. We we this making it out of here wasn't necessarily in the detailed plans but I just have in my head and in my heart I feel like this group was brought together for a number of reasons but I feel like even after we find this cure for Tala we're going to be able to there's going to be another piece of the puzzle that we're going to be looking towards I I agree with you in theory where I mean part of this is just a a disaster that I can't turn away from this is the uh this is the wreckage that I want to see where it where it goes. I, I'm I don't wish that that Talus succumbs to the the zombie bite. It's not a pleasant way to go. And many times I've felt my connection to this group dwindling due to the way that I'm sometimes unfairly treated for my opinions. But I would say I would stick stick with you until we at least resolve this current chapter. How do you feel about uh, our guide, the Tiefling? What do you feel about him? 
He's he's definitely it's it's kind of a mystery because none of us have a big connection to him outside of Baraneth. Um, and and I just feel like at this point, outside of the gentlemen that we more or less said, hey, you're coming with us. Uh, uh, I I think at this point he's our best shot to get out of the desert and at least get Tala the help that hopefully she can get out of the the sickness that she's feeling. See what I, I we don't know enough about him. I mean, one of my things is is that I uh, sure he wants to be away from the slave city too, no matter who he is. But we don't know if she's resurrected a a, a, a murderer, a tyrant, a, a um, you know why was he even imprisoned there? Uh, I don't know if, frankly, if I trust him, and I I would like an explanation from from the elf on why she felt that. He was so valuable to to resurrect. Besides her own pathetic, guilty conscience, is is what seems to be the most obvious. Regis will kind of roll his eyes a little bit as you refer to Baraneth as the elf, but then just look at you and say, "My my theory is very simple. Uh, I I didn't have a expansive growing up. I didn't have a big, huge, uh, expansive learning, but I have just a few simple theories." Uh, I fight for the person that's fighting next to me. That's that's a simple thing, and especially with this group, that's something that's carried on throughout every battle. But also, um, I respect and trust anyone that I come in contact with until they do something otherwise. Um, and I feel like while Baraneth may have not made the best choice for the group, she has her reasoning behind it, and she has what she believes to be a good decision and until she, I hear it from her, and not form any opinions, I, I will, I will trust her and Ballas, and, and the direction that we're headed towards. Well, let's hear it from her. We're stopped here. She's right over there. I, I, you know, I'd like to hear a little more about what makes her so confident that we're not traveling with some murdering tyrants, or, or in the middle of the night, he's going to, you know, make off with our, you know, our fingers and our ears as trophies, you know. I, it doesn't seem like Baranis has been particularly stable since some of her arena battles and you know I'd like a now that we're out of danger maybe a little bit more calm explanation on uh, you know, why she throws so much faith behind Valis and maybe has wasted a valuable resurrection scroll that someone else could have used I mean I know if I was bitten I'd sure want that resurrection scroll in, in your hands Rikas but see you just we don't know like we're, we're working off i feel like we're working off very little facts and very little true statements outside of what we can see in front of us which is not anything to be ashamed of we're working off of what we know but i feel like there's more to the story and there's more to what uh, things led to her choice to actually do this so i feel like while she may or may not owe us an explanation, I feel like it's slightly unfair to her for us to be uh, damning her for the choice she made already when we don't know we don't know how this is going to end. We don't know what Vallis's, uh opinion is of all of us. We know his opinion of Baranith, but we don't know the opinion of all of us. We don't know what his agenda is. We just we gotta get we gotta get more information about this before we can really make a solid opinion about it. All right, I, I'm, I think we can all have a chat with Valis while we're traveling. We certainly have enough time on our hands. But in the meantime, I mean, before we get back in this wagon, 
I think the elf owes us a little bit more of an explanation. If you feel that way. I, I will... Before we walk over there, Galford, I just want to remind you if 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 Valis steps up here I and, and it starts to get into a heated discussion, I'm going to pull you away because we don't need this added drama right now. We need to be focusing on getting Tala cured and getting forward with our... Uh, whatever this is, whatever we're going towards, we need to make sure that we stay focused. I, I agree with you, Rikus. I just, I, I just think that this should be information gathering. Let's go over there and we'll talk talk with our comrade because, I mean, maybe not necessarily for me, but I, I, I think she owes an explanation at least to, at least a better explanation to Tala. So let's uh, let's walk over to, uh, to Baranith. And uh, I'll say, Baranith, my friend Rick is here. You know, I think as we all do, he he feels uh, that you know you owe us a little bit more of an explanation of why you felt Valis was so valuable to be brought back to the life, and and as we said before, maybe have damned other members of this group. And then I'll stand behind Rikus. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally throw him under the bus, make it look like it was his idea. Oh, great! So you'll face palm. But <laughs> So, uh, Baranith, where are you? I'm I'm sitting a few feet away from you, working my healing mojo on you. So, but far enough away so I don't freak you out. Okay. I'm whispering under my breath, like sad, like sad, angry things. Um, as. Baranith is kind of working our healing mojo. Uh, I, I will <laughs> scoff a little bit and kind of face palm at Galford and just kind of lean down to Baranith and, and look at her and uh, obviously while she's very concentrated with her healing but just look at her and say, hey, I, I know you have a lot of enemies with us right now and and you don't need another enemy. Um, I, I may not know every single thing that you wanted to accomplish with bringing uh uh, bringing Valis back. I know you you probably have your own theories, and, and how you were brought into this group wasn't completely fair, obviously. Um, so, I, I'm not going to be another enemy. I, I may not completely support what you're doing. I may not completely understand your logic behind it, but I, I'm here for the entire group, not just one or two people. I, I don't have my own separate agenda. I'm here for the entire group. So uh, if if you have any need to talk, if you want to just kind of... I know you probably have a lot going on in your head. Um, if we ever have another time where we're stopped and away from everybody else, I, I'm more than willing to talk to you. Rikus, take off the kid gloves when you're dealing with kind of a selfish manipulator like her, you just got to come right out and say it. So Elf, stand up and tell us why you did this. You owe us an explanation of why you brought the tiefling back to life. Uh, Rikus driving our turn- carriage for us, which he's doing an excellent job. Rikus will turn around and kind of put his arm against uh, Galford's chest and kind of push him back a few steps and just go, look, I told you we were going to have a calm conversation. If you want to make this a heated discussion, you can do this without me. Okay. I'm completely calm. I'm completely calm. I would just like an explanation. You're being disrespectful is what you're doing. Okay, Baranith is going to get up and interrupt this right now and look straight at Galford and say exactly what's on her mind. So I owe you an explanation, do I? 
And I'm going to look around and make sure Valis is not too close. Is, is he very close? Um, no, he's kind of off to the off to the side by himself. All right. So let's have a little talk about exactly what I owe you. Because uh, never mind the consequences of the things that you've all done. And the world that exists beyond the six inches between your ears. What do I owe you as far as I'm concerned? I owe you nothing. No, wait. Hang on, that's not entirely true, because I I think I certainly owe all of you a great deal of thanks. Thanks for running into me in Brightport and dragging me into your little party here. And I suppose I owe you thanks for saving me from that white dragon. You fools. You murdered. You stole. For money. You didn't save me. That dragon was never after me. It was after you. And being forced into the sewers, yes, thank you for that. Covered in filth and attacked by swarms of rats. Thank you. And for the lie. Wrong place, wrong time. Hey, Galford, and oh, this was all just a big misunderstanding, huh? I really need to thank you, Galford, for that lie. And to the rest of you, certainly, for letting that happen, for keeping the truth from me. It's a real credit to your honor. And and thank you now for my life and for what it means to be alive now. A lifelong slave, chattel property of a thug, and in my first day of freedom, I made a vow to protect you with my life. I was a healer, now I'm a murderer, and the city of Anakal is dead, and I have a target on my back. I haven't thanks enough for what you've given me. I haven't tears enough for what you've done to me. And I'm going to cape swish, walk away. Wow. I'm going to go sit kind of on the back of the caravan because I need to seriously cool off right now. I was going to say, Rob is just calling his lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Initiate Sue when he hits a big red button. Rikus's jaw drops. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so Galford, being a prick, um, is going to is going to kind of back away from Rikus quite slowly, unassumingly, Hobbit-like, and uh, kind of sneak around the other side of the caravan and um, walk up to Baranith. And he's uh, just just sort of throw up, hold up his arms a little bit and just say, you know, hold on, I I. I don't want any, any don't want to fight but really I mean who are you trying to convince are you trying to convince us or are you trying to convince yourself and you never answered the question I mean there is there is another reason why you brought him back to life and I don't know if you're trying to keep it from the rest of the group but there's something that you're not telling us can you at least give me some type of indication that you're a magic okay. creature like I am I, you you probably know the value of a resurrection scroll and no amount of personal strife can explain why he was the one chosen from all of the people that have died because we're all murderers as you say and liars i'm that was one of my betters um it did give did put you at ease at the moment but i just i just need to know i mean if i had that scroll i would pick somebody 
But I'd have a damn good reason for why I resurrected them. Or maybe I'd hire someone to resurrect me. I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's curious to me. And I'm hoping you'll at least let me in on a little bit of it. Just speaking from, I don't know, one magic user to another. So, Branith has gone from shaking with anger to a little more relaxed now. I... Galford, I, I don't believe this. Do you, do you really believe I would gamble Tala's life for, to satisfy my own conscience? I don't. That's, that's the thing, is that I don't believe that this was just selfish guilt or your, or your uh, like a crush on tieflings. I don't know. You, okay, you really don't get it. You really don't see this, do you? I mean, I see myself falling into a pit at the hands of a, of a uh, you know, maybe a demon that's living up to his name. I've, and I, I see you spouting your guilt and, and your... Uh, you know, regret over killing someone that, I don't know, maybe you had some affinity towards, but that just doesn't seem like enough of a reason for him to be the one to bring us back. Okay. I'm sure Katie or Syl could have fought zombies and rode a carriage out of the, the city if it was something just to alleviate your guilt. Uh, okay, I, I wonder if you want to maybe check the plumbing on your magical tap, because I don't know how you cannot feel this. You gotta know this. You're a magical creature like I am. I'm in the dark. In, in light, enlighten me. I'm in the dark. And my magical tap is is just fine. On that day in the arena, when I struck him down, I saw a strike on hundreds of thousands of innocents. When he fell, I saw the fall of nations. When I killed him, it all came to me like a living, waking nightmare. When I killed him, I killed us all. Something is coming. Something, something dark. Something bigger than us. Bigger than dark Spain. Bigger than the disaster at Anacal. For the good of the world... Valis must be here to stand against it and I don't know how to explain it but what I know is that he's 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 a leader in in the fight to save our future I had and I had this one chance I had to bring him back I knew it <laughs> I knew I knew that there was some other reason I mean I, I don't know how but i mean you you were trying to convince yourself of the reasons of bringing him back but you just spl- you just laid it out right there you maybe had some type of premonition for him i mean i'm still not convinced whether he's maybe some savior as you say or potentially the destroyer of all of us but you've obviously placed some other importance on him based on a premonition you had when you oh so melodramatically vomited in the arena but i knew it there was more to this and I know a little bit about what it's like to have, uh, you know, sort of premonitions about destinies and things. And okay. Galford will sort of roll his eyes and kind of like point his thumb around the edge of the caravan at Rikus, like sort of comically, like, don't I'll just I'll leave it at that. But I'm I think we understand each other a little bit better that 
whether you choose to share this with the rest of the group, that some type of premonition assisted in your reasons for bringing back Valis. So I, I'm, I'm convinced that he's maybe a little bit more important now. So I'll, uh, I'll leave you to your brooding and maybe we can have a bit better understanding. Braneth is satisfied and has decidedly hates Galford less. I'll, I'll, I'll still like kind of have a really smarmy kind of smile and a wink kind of like and walk away. Braneth kind of looks around and she's kind of looking for um, a friendly face to kind of explain herself to because despite um, how strongly she feels about what she's done that it was the right thing she still feels um, immeasurable guilt about what Tala is enduring right now Um, but she doesn't quite have it in her to approach her at this time can Um, I walk over to Braneth for a moment after, you know, taking my arm from around Tala and telling her it's going to be okay and walking over to Braneth for a moment. Yeah. Sure. Braneth, I understand that guilt is a very powerful part of your life. I understand. Um, I don't hate you for what you did. I understand completely. Just please, in the future, think through these things before you do them. Talk to us before you do them. I'm sorry for what we got you into. I'm sorry for all of this, but we're here now and we can't change that. So please, if you're going to be a part of our group, then just think these things through and talk to us. You know, you can talk to me. I just don't, I don't like being left in the dark. Um, despite the way things started and the way things have gone so far, you know, don't, don't, don't misunderstand my my anger is hatred I don't bear any ill will against any of you and you're the closest thing to a family that I have now please believe that I'm gonna do everything I can to bring a cure to Tala and that you'll get nothing but the best of me in in our fight to to make it through this alive B kind of looks over at at Tala with just, you know, just sadness and, and, and remorse and um, and kind of hides back in the caravan. Galford will walk out kind of into the clearing. He's kind of stretching his injured leg and he's like, my leg feels considerably better. I mean, just resting and not running has done wonders. I, You know, we have, we have a mission now to, uh, to head back into Brightport and heal our comrade here. Does everyone want to get going, and uh, we'll we'll carry on here? Um, it comes across uh, as, as really phony when I'm saying that. <laughs> also, also, can I have my full speed back? I don't need my cane anymore. Or is that permanent? No, it's not permanent. Uh, it, it, I was going to give it to you at the end of the journey anyway. It's a few days off your feet. Yes, okay. Well, I, I'm going to keep the cane just for uh, aesthetics, but... <laughs> Because it's fly. That's why you keep it. It's well, awesome. Every time I kill, every time I kill someone or lie or betray, I'll put like a little notch in it. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so before we get ready to leave, uh, Rikus will calmly approach uh, Valis uh, from behind uh, and just kind of not really uh, tap him on the shoulder or anything, but just kind of walk up on his left hand side and kind of start looking in the direction that uh, Valis is looking in 
and uh, before really trying to chat to Valis or anything like that, just saying, look, you obviously have a skill set that's very valuable to our group. Um, and, and while uh, there's going to be a lot of differing opinions about whether or not you should have been brought back, I trust you. And I trust you as long as you uh, uh, don't do anything to take away that trust. Um, so I, I hope you can get our group to safety. I hope we can get Tala cured, and I just hope that we can uh, uh, do what we're uh, uh, do what we're set out to do for a better good. Um, I'm kind of poking my head out of the wagon right now, and just kind of not really listening, but kind of just looking at Valis. Uh, he's he's still staring off kind of in the middle distance uh, but uh, he says we need to make a stop there's the town of White Hedge it's about a half a day's ride from here uh, and then there's kind of a long silence and he says I won't be long okay uh, uh, can you tell us why we would be stopping at that city uh, he says I'll tell you when we get there uh it's, will... it's on the way. Like, it's not out of the way, but it is a stop. Uh, so, since Valis is considerably taller than Rikus, uh, Rikus will kind of look up at Valis in his eyes um, and and uh, just kind of stare at him for a moment and nod quietly, just kind of giving, giving him a kind of a respectful nod and just saying, all right, as long as, uh, as, long as it helps us get Tala to safety... Uh, we can stop. Uh, he turns. Uh, he gets ready and turns back towards the wagon. Uh, and he stops and looks back at you uh, and says, I'll do everything in my power to cure your friend. Rikus will nod and tell him I appreciate it. Tala's been kind of watching that conversation from a distance. She'll come out of her like little hiding spot and kind of slowly walk up to Valis look at him for a minute and then give him a quick hug and run away. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't move his arms or anything or try to hug you back. He just kind of stands there for a minute and not really shocked, just kind of quizzical, just kind of looking at you more like, okay, maybe her fever's spiking or something like that, <laughs> just kind of. <laughs> and uh, Valis returns to the uh, wagon. Uh, are you guys, uh, you guys heading out, or you want to talk a little more, or what would you guys like to do? Oh, let's head out. And everybody cool with that, or? Um, I, I think we need to get back on the road. I think we need to not waste, uh, any time. Um, anyone think while we're driving, we should have a little chat with the driver that we hijacked. That's maybe not a bad, bad idea while we're driving. Let's see what's up with him. And actually, how is our, yeah. um... How is our carriage propelled? Is it like big lizards or horses or what's pulling it? I figured it was like uh, big lizard things because it was a desert. No. <laughs> uh, it's actually more of a cross between an oxen and a camel. Kind of a... Uh, they, they look like specially, uh, specially bred animals. Okay. Camox. Uh, but Camox, yes. <laughs> I'm going to name him Fluffy. Gelford's <laughs> <laughs> kind of extra jovial in sort of an annoying way. Like he's kind of bouncing up and down in the back of the carriage a little bit sort of like we're going on an adventure and kind of like elbowing Rikus a little bit and it just seems strange that he's seems positive or rejuvenated a little bit it's just a little bit inappropriate Rikus will just <laughs> casually look at Galford and go hey do you want to have another broken leg 
<laughs> and you know, I'll kind of clap Rikus on the arm and go, "No, no we're we're gonna. She'll be healed. We'll be fine. We'll be back to Brightport." You're right, Rikus. We've got things to do. So the driver, who isn't really driving anymore so much as a passenger, uh, is just kind of sitting, kind of harumph, with his arms crossed, just pouting. Not, not. He's he's hating this entire situation. Uh, he he feels cheated and and uh, he's been really silent this entire time beyond the initial hey what the hell are you doing okay I'm getting in this this wagon I guess uh, so what, what what did you want to say to him we should probably explain to him that the ambush was kind of an emergency and that there's nobody re- to receive that delivery <laughs> unless he was delivering brains he wasn't getting paid <laughs> yeah uh, I is he like is he near us is there because I'm trying to like think about the actual wagon like is he can we is he with oh, us oh this is this is not that large like this is uh, think of think of it like a van that type of thing you're all kind of crammed in the back except for uh Regis, i guess who's driving so this is uh, think of it like an old covered wagon type of thing okay um so i mean you're, you everyone's with an earshot everyone's crammed into this thing it's not it's not a situation where it's expansive or anything okay uh so i'll i'll kind of like lean slash crawl kind of towards the driver um, and, and just uh, lean my head forward a little bit so he can at least see my face and go, hey, uh, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, he just he just kind of, he doesn't even move his head, he just kind of like moves his eyes over towards you and just, just staring daggers at you. Uh, look, um, we haven't been properly introduced. Uh, I'm Rikis. Um, and and uh, our, our group, we, we're a group of uh, former slaves, and 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 we apologize very very much. We we want to apologize very deeply for the fact that uh, we more or less kind of hijacked your uh, hijacked your wagon. I imagine you expected to get paid for dropping off your load, um, dropping off everything that you were delivering. Um, but the situation was uh, on the other side of that gate that you were trying to get into was nothing but zombies. Um, and uh, we, we do apologize for just kind of like grabbing your arm and taking you with us. But uh, we do appreciate the ride. And uh, <laughs> uh, we just, we, we do feel awful about the fact that we just more or less kind of grabbed you and forced you to go along with us. But we did it both for our safety and your safety. We wanted to get out of that city as quickly as possible just because the situation was getting so dire. Uh, And uh, when you're mentioning zombies, he kind of like lifts an eyebrow up. Uh, And after you make your introduction, he says, Charles, it's a pleasure. Uh, And uh, yes, okay, I'll bite. Why is the city filled with zombies? Uh, Rikis will kind of just uh, kind of stick out his tongue a little bit out of his mouth a little bit, kind of the corner of his lip and just go, mm, your guess is probably as good as mine uh, we, we really we got a few tidbits of information but we really didn't uh, get anywhere fur- further than what uh, you know probably at this point um, we, we just know that something happened, we woke up one morning and a lot of undead were just walking around the city. So, uh, yeah. uh Rikis, do me a favor, roll a bluff check. Okay. Five. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, this guy's bullshit detector is going off like crazy. Um, uh, and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You trustworthy lot. You have no idea why the... Uh, Look, is it something the guards are going to get under control by next week? Because I got another delivery to make. I got a living to make here, guys. Uh, assuming you're not going to kill me? Uh, just take my card? I can safely promise you we won't be killing you. Great. That means a lot. Um, <laughs> at least not deliberately. <laughs> yeah, at least Accidents we tend to have it. We won't be killing you. Yeah, you guys have a terrible track record with meeting people and them staying alive. Um, hey, Brent, still alive, damn it. Yes, that's that's true. That's the one. That's <laughs> Barely. Um, it, do we got a destination, or are you just running? Where are we taking it, the, the, the wagon? Um, uh, Rikus will kind of look back at Valis a little bit, like... Uh, you wanna you wanna mention where you wanna stop off before we get any fur anywhere further? Uh Vallis leans down next to the driver. Uh and he's just looming over this guy. And it's not intentional, it's just he's he's really imposing. And again, covered in gore, because you guys haven't had a shower or anything, and you're riding around in the hot desert now for a while. So the wagon stinks. I'm just gonna just gonna let you know. And uh, he leans down to the driver uh, and says, uh, if you know of a way we can get to Whitehedge quickly, that would be most helpful. And he's asking genuinely, like in the nicest fashion that Vallis can ask. But it comes off as this bubbling threat, just because that's, 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 that's the presence this guy brings. Uh, and... Uh, the driver kind of goes wide-eyed, and he's reaching out with his right hand, but keeping eye contact with Valis the entire time, and he's kind of like grabbing at uh, at Rikus's shoulder, and he says, "You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna lean to the left up here, uh, just lean away from the tracks, but not too far." And uh, you 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 get the you get the feeling again that this guy knows kind of knows at least this stretch of desert. He's made this trip more than a few times. He knows what to avoid and where to go. Um, Tala. Yes, sir. Uh, here's what we are going to do. Uh, it has been a while mm-hmm. since we've had you make a check. So what we're going to do is this is a plus 10 versus your fortitude. Holy shit. Okay. Um, that's a 25. So what we're going to do is advance you to stage four. Yay. Uh, stage four, you have no healing surges. None. Okay. Uh, negative two to attack rolls and negative two to your fortitude. She still Uh, has two healing potions, though. You do still have two healing potions. Uh, you are also slowed. Uh, which means the max speed you can uh, move is two spaces. Um, so you you just feel this wave of of pain and and uh, uh, such strike you. This is noticeable by everyone at this point. This is not something. Uh, th- this is not something you're hiding. Uh, this is pretty advanced at this point. 
Uh, is there anything you guys would like to do in this situation? I'm gonna um, offer some more pain relief. Uh, and that's that's doing very little at this point. Like that's that is a band aid where you need a tourniquet. Oh. Well, I'm already sitting next to her, so I'm just gonna you know lean in and ask her: Is there anything I can do? Uh, Rikus will just look at Malice and go, we really need to hurry up now. Uh, and uh, he he's kind of looking at this, and uh, he's... He uh, Valis just leans over and says, just skip Whitehedge. Just keep going. Uh, as quickly as this thing will take us. Uh, we need to get to Brightport. Valis, I promise that we will go to Whitehedge after this. After If we can fix her, we will go straight to Whitehedge for you. Uh, he says it's nothing that can't wait. Now, you guys have another day and a half of travel ahead of you. And this is avoiding towns. This is sticking to the road. This is as quickly as you can get there. This is another day and a half. Is there anything you'd like to do before we would just advance you to Brightport? I don't think so. What do you think, you guys? If, If the driver's not in any danger of betraying us or anything like that, I'd say we just go to Brightport. Yep. Would he like? It? Would he like to leave? <laughs> like, I don't know if he wants to hang out with us. Is there any like little town on the way that he maybe wants to be dropped at? Or well, Whitehedge would have been a good spot, but then again, you are taking his cart. <laughs> yeah, that's so, his livelihood. So he's probably just going to want to go wherever it ends up. If if yeah, I mean, leaving him in a town without that is basically killing him. He doesn't have another trade that he can fall back on. He's. He's not college-educated, guys. I'm sorry. It's not... Uh, he doesn't have many skills. Um, riding into Brightport. You're, you, you approach the same gate you guys originally did way back in the day, uh, which in-game time was only a couple of weeks. And you approach the town guard, who don't really pay you too much attention, actually. Uh, being as how you have a wagon and, and such, they, they assume you're just here for a delivery. So they just kind of wave you in. Uh, you travel into town. Uh, where would you like to go first? Do you guys think you want to, like, find an inn or something? Like, rest up, wash up? Oh, fuck, we have no money. Yeah, you have no money. <sighs> Could we ask for a donation of funds from the driver? <laughs> and then upon that, we would let him leave, leave, leave him to take his wagon and go? Uh, you can absolutely ask. Okay. So I'll, you know, Galford will just go up to him and just say, you know, Charles, we know you're in charge. You know, <laughs> um, Son of a bitch. It's <laughs> bound to happen. Um, say, Charles, we appreciate the ride and we're going to let you leave with your wagon here, but uh, we don't That's have very any. Very generous of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the long run, we probably saved your life. And, and if you're going to make deliveries to Anacal, I'd maybe give them a few weeks to clean this up. Uh, either that or there's lots of opportunities here in Brightport but we appreciate what you've done for us but we're going to stay in an inn for the night and we were kind of hoping you could make a uh, small monetary donation so that we could stay in the inn if you know what I'm saying oh oh well that seems like the least I can do well here's what I'll do I'll take some of the money that I got from that delivery and oh wait no I don't think I'll be doing that and he just stares at just deadpan, just stares at you. Okay. Uh, just so I'll lean in and I'll say, you know, you've seen the other one. 
We spoke of the zombie plague. She's been bitten. She's close to turning. She's probably getting hungry. And if she bites you, I guarantee you, you won't be making any more deliveries. So you probably want to get us off of the back of your carriage fairly quickly. Intimidate check? Uh, sure. Yeah. Ten. Ten. You know, Galfrey's just not intimidating. Asshole. I got, <laughs> asshole I got down, but... You didn't have Was... a cane in your hand, that's why. Yeah. That's the thing. You gotta wave it. Uh, yeah. I got a cane um, in. You don't. He, uh... He, he's... Uh, look... I'm broke, okay? I was counting on that. Why do you think I'm so pissed off? I'm counting... I was counting on that to get me through the next two weeks. Did he miss the part where he's lucky to be alive? He's... Uh, yes, he's he's lucky to be alive in that... Like, he didn't survive what you guys did, though. He never saw the inside of the city. So he's completely taken... it. Like, he's... He's not exactly assuming you're the most trustworthy folk. And that lie that Rikus gave wasn't exactly convincing, so he's not totally sure that you saved his life so much as carjacked him. Okay, fair enough. And you didn't murder him and leave him in the desert, so that's something, I guess. But I mean, he's yeah, he's not. You, you guys aren't besties. Hmm. Would we like to take a donation of some of his wares and sell them quickly? <laughs> <laughs> I've already right, eaten some of those list. veggies. I'm just trying to get a soft bed for Tala to lie down on. What? <laughs> <laughs> it isn't any more dubious than some of the other shit we've done. No, it's very altruistic of you. Mm-hmm. I like how so you call it a donation. <laughs> yeah, a donation. <laughs> so you're pitching this to the group. Yeah. Uh, Valis kind of steps up and he says, look, I know a store in town we can hit up. Don't take any more, uh, more of this man's personal belongings. All right. Lead the way. When Valis turns around, Galford will give him a little sarcastic salute. <laughs> Rikus will just nudge Galford lightly in the side and just tell him to shut up. I'm going to roll my eyes. <laughs> yeah, can I slap him in the back of the head? <laughs> oh, let's not get into that again. Yeah, let, physical violence towards Galford is... is... Well, it wouldn't be hard, it'd just be like a slight tap. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's it's t- really entertaining, feels good. but it, stim- it stimulates his vocal cords whenever anyone touches him. <laughs> it's natural defense. Yep. We're, we're um, talking gonna... like an NCIS Gibbs smack. <laughs> that, that's what. That's all we're talking about. And and if anyone knows about NCIS, Gib, Gibbs say, slapping you in the head is a good thing. I, I don't know what that means. Don't, I don't either. Justin does. Don't do. don't make me roll another intimidating ten on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can... I'll be moderately intimidating at you. I'm gonna intimidate the shit out of my belt buckle, little man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so back in character, you guys. Um, okay, so Valis knows of somewhere to go, so I'm gonna uh, uh, be next to him, like kind of stand next to him at the ready to to go wherever we need to go. I'm looking at you guys. Are you coming? I'll follow. All right. So Valis starts marching through the city, and it's I. So you're leaving this guy's wagon and stuff. You're letting him continue about his way. I'm gonna tell him thank you. I said, even though it wasn't really. Um, kind of took him by force but thank you but still you know it's, it's a, a nice gesture yeah. to be clear and is the pain i'm feeling perpetual or was it just like for like a shifting so some odd hours i was feeling this pain it's it, it, it comes in waves this is the kind of thing where like it, it comes in waves but it, you're definitely 
you're definitely very sick. Like you, okay. you are constantly very fevered, very uh, drained and flush. Like you don't look well. And it's it's to the point where you couldn't like you guys are going to have a very hard time hiding that from people. Like it, you are visibly ill. I'm sure. So yeah, at this stage in the game, like stage one or two, you can sneak by and stuff or put a frumpy cloak on or something like that. But I mean, when you get into three and four, like you are yeah, you, you, not someone you'd sit next to on the bus, that kind of thing. Uh, so Valis is marching through the city and there's, there's a poor part of town. Uh, and he's, uh, there's there's the there's the the area of town where all the all the rich uh, the, the 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 more upper class people live and then there's kind of an area where the dregs go and then beyond that uh, there's a series of kind of back alley shops and things uh, and these uh, these places tend to uh, kind of the black market of of Brightport. Uh, and there's a little pawn shop called the Filigreed Fawn, and uh, it's it's this this tiny little establishment uh, next to a bar and and a couple of other not so uh, not so desirable places. And uh, outside of the bar, there's a group of thugs kind of hanging out, mm-hmm. and they are eyeballing you ladies the entire way. I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it's the, these are real scumbags. Can, like, I, can I like noticeably get between their eyesight? Like the ladies who are walking, maybe on my left hand side, and like I'm on the right hand side. Yeah, that's yes. I'm staying okay. pretty close to Valis at this point. And uh, if it, it, I, I would say, if not for Rikus and Valis, these guys would definitely make some kind of move. Uh, and they're just eyeballing you, just stink eyeing you the whole way. Uh, and Valis. Uh, marches up to the filigree fawn and just kind of turns the knob and walks in uh, and gestures for all of you to follow him. I'll follow him. I'll follow him as well. Galford loves pawn shops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. So just on the other side of this door, it's uh, he, he, Valis kind of leans down and uh, speaking to Baranith personally. But within earshot of everyone, uh, he says, don't walk on these streets at night. Uh, not without some company. I'll and then he kind of motions to where the bar is next door. I'll, I'll look at him and nod. Uh, from behind the counter, uh, a, a, a slightly older looking tiefling woman uh, races from behind the counter uh, and shouts, Valis! And runs across the small shop and wraps her arms around him. Uh, she is not nearly as tall as, as Valis is, so it's just kind of hugging like his waist, that kind of thing. Like She, she comes up to about like chest high on him. Uh, and she says, I, I thought you were dead. And he, he he's kind of dismissive, not, not coldly, but just kind of a reassuring pat on her shoulder. Uh, and uh, for the first time, she kind of looks over at you guys and, who are your friends? Uh, and Phallus doesn't make any introductions <laughs> as to who you are, because uh, firstly, Baranith is the only ones, the only one of your names he's bothered to learn. Um, I am I am absolutely, I, I'm kind of tickled at what I see <laughs> right now, because I think it's really cute. Is that his mom? 
Uh, it is, actually. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, approach Valis's mother and say, um, my name is Baroneth, and I am very pleased to meet you. Uh, and she grabs your hand and shakes it vigorously. Uh, I'm Tessia. I, I've never known Valis to travel with anyone before. Are you... How long have you known each other? Um, not very long, and uh, we met under very unusual circumstances, and I kind of look at Vallis. Uh And he's just kind of, he's visibly uncomfortable at this. Visibly. And he's just kind of scanning the room, and, and after, after a time, he starts just walking towards the back of the shop. I'm going to turn around, and, uh, and, and sorry, it was Tessia? Tessia. I'm uh, going to introduce her to uh, Galford, Rikis, Trixie, and Tala. Um, these are my friends. Um, we've been traveling for, for several days through the desert, um, and we need somewhere to, to rest, um, even for a short while. Uh, as you're introducing everybody, uh, you get down to Tala, and she has, this, she has a smile on her face, just very warm, very inviting. Uh, and then you get down to Tala, and she makes eye contact with her, and that smile completely disappears. And it's replaced with a look of pure concern, just raw concern. Our friend here in particular could use some help. She's quite, quite sick. Uh, she hollers back to Vallis. Vallis, get me the bench in the corner. And Vallis, uh, with one hand, kind of grabs this this long six-foot bench and just drags it. Uh, and it makes this awful sound as it's it's dragging across this, this hardwood floor. Uh, and he kind of drags it out into the middle of the shop where uh, Tala can have a seat and, and take a load off. Before I do, I'll look to Trixie and Vallis for a hint. A hint of... Like, like, oh, just have like a seat? Is it, like, is it okay? Is, is this Okay. I'll just reach out and grab her arm and just kind of, like, pull her toward the bench, just kind of smiling like it's okay. Uh, Valis just stands here looking at you. Like, he's he's not... uh, He's not in any way, shape, or form biting. He's just kind of, like, I brought you the bench. Just sit. Fucking sit. (laughs) He's fast. Sit the hell down. Like, it should be obvious. This is a chair. Sit down. Like, that that kind of thing. Um, Tessia pulls Barana to the side. And says, your, your friend's very sick. You know that, right? Oh, yes, we're aware. Um, Vallis kind of got helped us. Oh, gosh, it's such a big story. Um, she kind of holds up her hand and says, I I assume you're either running from something or running towards something, if you're with Vallis. Kind of both. Like, we're, we, we've, we ran with him to escape some danger, and we came here because we're looking for a cure for our friend. Uh, and... She, uh, she says, "You're, you're, you're welcome to stay here as long as you need. Uh, we have a room upstairs you can sleep in. Uh, it, it free of charge, of course. Any any friend of Alice." Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm kind of looking around this pawn shop just to see what's, what's this. This place is an oddity. Uh, it's it's filled with all kinds of things. Uh, animal pelts and and there's there's kind of trophies hanging up on the wall and. Uh, you, there's there's your random assortment of, of you know swords and axes and such, and they all look to be a pretty standard quality. Uh, at least the stuff that's out on the floor that people can walk up to and touch and kind of hold for themselves. Um, 
Uh, and then you got things, the, the more valuable stuff in the glass cabinet in front of the, that is that kind of makes up the counter and uh, behind it you can see some random potions and, and things like that. I wonder what the going rate is on like a legendary walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I'm seriously going to try to do business right now. <laughs> No. Um, can we? I'm gonna look at Tessia and just and, and just thank her from the bottom of my heart for your um, the hospitality you offer. Can we? I think we need to get Tala upstairs and resting, um, really, like really soon, right away. Um, and then we kind of have to make a plan on what we're gonna do next, um, like how we're gonna go about getting a cure for for Tala. Tessia, Tessia kind of leans in and, and gives you this this gentle hug. Uh, she can kind of sense that you've been through a lot, and like you guys need a break. Essentially, you you need to catch some kind of break. So uh, she she motions for Thalus to help Tala upstairs, uh, and he kind of it, it's kind of almost this childlike grumble, like Ugh. but and he and he kind of walks over and uh, and and uh, reaches down for Tala's hand. I'll take it with some degree of questioning in my eyes. I won't say anything, but uh, and he uh, he leads her upstairs uh, and out of earshot. Okay, so Valis has taken Tala upstairs, and uh, he's he's kind of returned uh, after tucking her in or whatever you assume might have happened upstairs, uh, and. You guys need to get to the business of deciding what you're going to do. Yes, we do. Um, do we like? Do we need to rest up here? Is there any? Um, you guys have had a rest. You the 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 wagon afforded you guys enough rest. Like that that counts as an extended rest. You haven't exerted yourselves at all in in three days, really, other than just the wear and tear of the desert sun and stuff. So. Um, so we, I think we got to talk to Valis about what he knows, um, about how to get this cure. I mean, honestly, uh, as much as like you guys have interacted enough, I think you're probably going to be the best person to try to get that information from him. Okay. So, if you don't want to, I'd be willing, but I just no, I think like, respond yeah. to you. It's no, that's fine. I just, I didn't know if you guys want, if there's anything else, like if we want to figure out. Uh, a way to acquire some supplies or some healing potions or whatnot, or if we're just going to get right down to the Uigui Center. I would talk to Valis first. Uh, okay. Since, you know, Tala's life is a priority. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what we're doing. So I'm going to, I'll approach Valis and, um, and, uh, Valis, you know, time is of the essence. We need to, um, if there's a cure, if it's in Brightport, we need to get our hands on it so we can help our friend. Uh, while you're talking to him, he takes off this this makeshift pack he made uh, by emptying out a sack of grain, one of the, the like a burlap sack type of thing. Mm. Uh, and it it was slung around his shoulder, and he drops it to the floor, and it sounds like about you know twenty pounds of chain hit the ground. What the. And it's this large metallic clang rattle sound when it hits. And then he starts reaching into the pack and unpacking that fucking weapon he uses oh. in every fight. Uh, and it's it's clear he's getting ready to, to go do something violent. All right. Um, so Valis is ready. What about y'all? 
Um, uh, can we figure out what he's, why he's unpacking the weapon, or are we just diving headfirst into this? Um, Valis, uh, I need you to talk to me. What what do we do? Where do we go? I'm heading to Darkspain. I would all advise you to follow me if you want to save your friend. Um, I, I'm going. I'm going. Are we all going? I'm going. I'm going. Are we maybe keeping Tala here so that she can rest up? Like... That's a that's a tough decision. I mean, I, mean, I don't that's... I don't want to leave her behind, and I mean, like she's she's slowed, and I but I mean, like her defenses are down. Like if we run into anything, we might be putting her at greater risk by bringing her with us. Yeah, but at the same her... time, if she turns, we don't want to leave her here with all these people. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we leave and come back, and she's eating everyone. I mean. Well, I mean, the pros and cons would be... I mean, the cons are obviously taking her... Like, her fortitude's down, and she's slowed, but not taking her, you're losing a member of the party, and you are endangering... <laughs> you're definitely endangering everybody here. Yeah. Oh, um... Uh, okay, Megan, do you want to speak to Tala's condition? And whether she's able or wanting to come with us to Darkspain? Well, she's upstairs, so she doesn't know well, where to Megan's not. That's why I'm, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> well, Megan, what would Tala do? Well, with Tala's mentality right now, she's probably taking a nap. Like, I'm wondering also, too, if that if we find a cure there, we we might want you with us so that we can connect right, you right away. At the same time, from what I've been observing, like, between my roles and stuff, it seems like whenever... I strain myself in some way, it advances it faster. So if I don't go, it'll likely give you guys more time. Okay. Um, then if, if I do go. And if it's a magical cure, we'll just do our best to kidnap the person that can perform it. <laughs> See, that's my that's my only concern, is that it's going to be in the shape or form of something that can't be physically removed from wherever we find it, and that she's going to have to be there anyway. But I mean... Uh... I would think it would be someone having to perform some type of a ritual. I, I doubt it's going to be like a potion. Mm. I kind of doubt that too. So, are you thinking that that means she has to come with us? Uh, well, no. If we find somebody who can do the ritual, I think we could probably just snag him. We snag him I'm... and we bring him back to to Tessia's place. Okay. Because, um... of course, you know, <laughs> wrecking people's uh, homesteads is kind of what we do. So, oh, it's just items. <laughs> well, if. Valus or Rikus just like carries me and then you know whenever you guys get into combat just set me down in a corner somewhere okay <laughs> that's not dangerous at all <laughs> yeah, nothing like having a fireman carry a uh, zombie cause you know that's not shady not just that but it's I mean there is still the potential for you getting caught in a black you're dealing with magic I'm just throwing that out yeah. there in case you guys have forgotten yeah. so um, just, I'm just looking for feedback, everyone. Just tell us, stay or does she go? I, th- I think if she comes with us, we have a better chance of healing her on the spot. The things are going to advance anyways, and uh, we may still be able to use her in combat. I'm not weighing yeah, in I just... I wouldn't want to leave her, just in yeah. case something happens while we're gone. And I'm not weighing in just because my character's not there to make the choice. She's upstairs, everyone else is downstairs. Okay, but I mean, like, we're going to go upstairs and ask you. All right, so I go upstairs, and, you know, I can see that she's sleeping, so I slightly, like, you know, lay my hand on her shoulder and whisper Tawa, try to get her to wake up. I'll jump awake, but relax when I see it's you. 
Okay, so Tawa, we're gonna go try to find whatever it takes to cure you. I need to know, do you want to stay here, or do you want to go with us? I think I want to go with you. Okay. I like Remy Tessie, but I don't know her so well. Okay, so Trixie just picks her up and carries her downstairs and says we're bringing her with us, but someone else is going to have to carry her the rest of the way. Uh, Valis, Valis would do it once he once he sees the condition she's in, but uh, he, you guys get the uh, the distinct impression that the very second there's an opportunity for combat, he's going to toss her aside. Uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, Rikus, would you be willing to carry her? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, if it's if it comes down to if we get into combat, we have to put her down. Just like we're going to have to either take turns, or someone's going to have to be a barrier between us and her, just to protect her. I thought you meant kill her. <laughs> if it comes down to it, I'll kill her. Yeah, I thought. Well, we got to put her down. We got. It's like, man, that's cold. That's oh, you meant like set her down. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. God damn it. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I. No, meant I was all. confused. That like the rest of your sentence made complete sense. That was my fault. I picked up. It's like put her. To, damn, that's. Don't even talk about dogs like that. That's uh, as you guys are chatting, uh, you uh, you hear the back door of this place uh, swing open, kind of violently, actually, and then it it swings shut, uh, and you hear a voice shout from the back room. Hey, hey, Grinness, did that guy get here with the rings yet? Because I swear to God, if he didn't show up today, I'm just gonna be pissed. Uh, so coming, coming from the back room, uh, after the door swings shut and you hear that voice, uh, is a, uh, a little gnome, uh, wandering, uh, wandering through the place. Tessia, Tessia, do you hear me? I, and then he gets into the room and sees you all standing there staring at him. Can I run up there and just slam him against the wall? Uh, make an athletics check. (laughs) As soon as, as soon as he sees you guys. Oh, shit. I'm kind of, you know, looking around like, what the fuck? Because I've never met this guy before. <laughs> I tripped and fell. Uh, that is a crit miss. Um, <laughs> you, you critically someone, do not slam him up against the wall. Can someone else run up to him and slam him against the wall? <laughs> uh, Trixie, Trixie, starts toward, uh, tr- Trixie starts towards the little gnome. And instantly uh, trips over some baubles that are on the floor. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's a series of uh, tables and stuff with with goods on display, and she uh, trips and falls through a section of these, and shit just clatters to the ground. And um, gosh, Jason, the, could you have made it worse? <laughs> uh, well, it was a crit miss. It was. You're like you didn't gore yourself on something. Um. Uh, and the. Uh, the the little gnome starts running towards the back door. Can I chase after him? Uh, you certainly can. Uh, hold on one second. He's gonna make. Uh, he's gonna make an <laughs> an athletics check. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Six. <laughs> so he doesn't fare too much better. He falls uh, the bobbles too. <laughs> and he he is completely scared shitless that you guys are standing there and uh, he starts tripping over himself to get to that back door again. Can I run uh, after him and try to pin him against the wall? Go ahead. Make a make a, make a jump for it. Run, yeah. I, I assume uh, it's athletics? Athletics, yes. <laughs> 19. 19. Uh, so 
Uh, Rikus kind of deftly, before he can get to the door, just kind of races towards it and and pushes it shut with his hand. So this guy, you know, the the gnome is not going to to get away, and you uh, grab him by the shirt collar. Uh, What would you like to do now? I got him holding up against the shirt collar. Did anybody want to ask him some questions? I mean, I can ask him questions. Are you lifting him up, or are you just restraining him so he can't run? I have no idea Uh, what's going on. I was going to say, I'm restraining him so he can't run. So to Baranth, this just looks like some random act of violence against one of the shop owners. This just... (laughs) Essentially. Uh, I'll look at him and just go, Hey, long time no see. Uh, And he... (laughs) Uh, he's he's just wide-eyed with with shock that that uh, that that you're standing here, and he's uh, pissed slashed uh, slash scared shitless that you're holding him, and he's kind of clawing at your at your uh, uh, at your wrist and hand just just trying to get away, and he's just struggling in vain against you, and he's not saying anything. He's just 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 like just putting everything he has into it. Uh, and and getting nowhere fast. I'll I'll just kind of uh, can I walk him like towards the wall, or am I just like standing in the middle of the room holding him, or am I bracing him against the wall? That's up to you. What do you want to do with him? Oh, I, I kind of want to brace him up against the wall just because he is kind of clawing at me. Right. And, and I'll just look him straight in the eyes and go, "Really, you should just probably stop struggling because it's going to be a hell of a lot uh, uh, less painful for you in the long run if you don't." Uh, if you stop clawing at me, uh, and he 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 stops, and he, he's just kind of like he's just looking at you, it's still in disbelief. How the hell did you make it out of on a call? Wouldn't you like to know? That's why I asked. Yeah, I would like to know. Why doesn't someone just ask him what you know? What was he thinking doing what he did to us? There you go. Just not me. <laughs> I think well, you're on your feet by now. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, that's like, you know, trying to talk to someone and then farting in the middle. You're not taking serious after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just shake it off. Just went. shake it off, babe. You're fine. What do you know about what happened in Otakal? Uh, and and he kind of looks at you. What, the slave thing? I, I kind of thought we'd been over that. That's business. That wasn't personal. No, it just... Not what? that. Do you know anything that happened to that city? And he's just he's just looking at you, just completely puzzled. No idea what you're talking about. I guess I know... can storm up to him right now. Go ahead. I, I walk up to him and get in his face and be like, did you know what they were going to do to us? Well, I mean, the, the fights and the... Onakal is gone. They're all dead. Undead, excuse me. What the hell are you talking about? What do you think the entire city? About? The entire city is zombies. No idea what you're talking about. Like he's just, he. This is the. F- you could tell this is the first that he's heard about this, or that's what it looks like to you. I just throw my hands up in the air and walk away. I'm sure if you can just unhand me, we can figure this out together. Do not let him go. Uh, I'll keep holding on to him. Uh, yeah. uh, his face kind of takes on this, uh, like he's. <clears throat> it was almost a pleading expression on his face, and then when he realized you weren't going to let him go, he just stink eyes Trixie. I'll walk up to him. Rikus, you're still holding him against the wall? Yeah. Okay. I'll, Galford walks up to him and pulls out Katie's dagger and just starts sort of cleaning under his fingernails with Katie's dagger while he's looking at uh, Gratic. 
and he'll walk over and he'll, you know, just kind of, you know, wave his dagger a little bit under Gratic's throat and say, Baranath, I'd like to introduce you to the sixth member of our party. This is Gratic. You can see he's also a gnome and, uh, you know, he's one of the most important businessmen here in Brightport. I, I mean, the economy just revolves around him being wanted. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of other people here in Brightport that would probably pay for pieces of him to be delivered around the city. Uh, so hopefully he will share some of his business secrets with us so we can find out a little bit more about his former employer, Darksbane. Uh, go ahead and make an Intimidate check, please. Uh, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey, Gnome it's on Gnome violence. <laughs> um... He, uh, his eyes kind of go wide when you threaten to kind of sell him out. And he, 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 hey, 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 we're all friends here. There's no reason to jump to such extremes. <laughs> when, um, when he says that, can I like lightly kind of push him more against the wall? Just like when he's saying those words, just like, yeah, friends, really? Uh, sure. So you, you have him right up against the wall and now you're just kind of like pressing into him with force. Just kind of like, just, just knock it off that kind of thing just uh and uh as he gets to the end of a sentence he kind of lets out a Ugh! as you you're just kind of expelling air out of him as you push into him um tessia uh tessia comes marching into the back room uh with a uh with a look of concern and and said what are you doing to Gratic? leave him alone and she walks up to uh she walks up to Rikus and tries to Pull, uh, pull his arm away from him. What did he do to you? R- Rikus will knowingly look at Gratic, but just very gently put him back down on the ground, giving him that look that if you make any funny moves or funny business, you're going to go back up against the wall. But just because Tessie has been so kind to us and so generous to us, he kind of gently agrees to uh, put Gratic down at this time and kind of take a step back a little bit just so it- it's the hostility goes down. Tessia, Tessia... <laughs> Tessia looks at the way you immediately unhanded him, right? And then she starts putting two to two, uh, two and two together, and she looks down at Gratic, uh, and she says, "What did you do to them?" Like her tone of voice completely shifts. It's not one of reassurance and comfort. It's it's almost accusatory mother. Huh, she knows figure. him better. <laughs> uh, and and Gratic says, "Nothing. These people are insane. They just broke into the shop and they they threatened me. I've been in town all day. I'm I'm serious. Didn't do anything to them." Psychos, all of them. Uh, and Tessie corrects him. They didn't break into the shop. Vallis walked in with them. Oh. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, that, ah. Uh. And he's just kind of trailing <laughs> off. Not tra- <laughs> He sent us to the bad place. Not the mean people. Quiet, you! He just kind of... Rikus will look at Gratic and go, uh, hi, you're going to talk to us, not anybody behind us. Uh, and uh, when you let him go, he starts kind of dusting off the lapels of his little suit uh, that he's wearing. All right, what do you want? Answers. Uh, and he's, he, <laughs> the balls on this little gnome that he's, you're wasting his time is the demeanor that he's proposing to you. He's, he's just kind of, that's, that's, that's the aura he's presenting. It's like, okay, look, I'll give you a few minutes. What do you want? Uh, uh, Rikus will kind of turn around to Baranith, keeping an eye on uh, Gratic the entire time, and uh, just kind of 
lean his head a little bit, kind of gesturing towards Gradic, and look at Baranath and go, this is the got reason that we actually ended up in Onacall. He, he, he sold us uh, and, and put us in Onacall, and he's the reason that we had to face all the trial and trepidation and fear and, and violence that we had there. Uh, he raises a finger in the back and actually that's debatable uh, it could be due to your own carelessness and then he kind of puts a hand up just uh, just saying uh, backs uh, up. and I'll look at Gradic and just go uh, when I want to talk to you I'll I'll look at you and, and say mention you by name but right now you should probably just not talk at all B's looking daggers at him um, really not impressed and immediately dislikes him I'd like to know a little bit more about the relationship between him and whatever got us uh, hauled over to on a call. Like, I want to know about his relationship with Tessia, his relationship with Valis, why he's here, what he does, and I'd like to know what you plan on doing with him. Uh, Tessia speaks up first. Uh, and she says, that's, that's Gratic. He's one of the less desirable portions of Brightport, but he owns half of the shop with me. Uh, we became business partners years ago when the shop fell on hard times and I had trouble making ends meet. Suffice it to say, he's good at coming up with goods to sell and he's been a great source of insider information. But uh, And then she, she looks down at him. He can be more trouble than he's worth sometimes. Were there any other questions? There were several. Like, how did... Uh, Baranth was asking... Uh, he's asking... Uh, she was asking if... like. How did that all happen? Because if you remember, Baranath was in a separate cell when he arrived. He, she's never seen Gradic before, had no idea of the contract you guys took up with Silverclaw, had no idea why you were stealing that dragon figurine, had no idea. That that just, I mean, well, she found some of that out in the wagon ride there to Onacall, but yeah. Like, essentially, I know you guys have been sold out on some kind of, you know, deal that went wrong. I have no idea what your relationship with him is or why he came to you on behalf of one of the houses. Well, I, I will always go over to her and explain that, you know, we came in to Brightport and we were looking for work. He was one of the first people that addressed us and said that he wanted us to look to get a figurine for him. We went to the place that we were supposed to go, raided it, got the figurine, and that's where you came in because he, um, we had to fight the dragon from that house. You know, it, it was his fault that all of this happened because he did not tell us what we were going up against, really. And, you know, it's... You know, you were brought into this because of his betrayal. Who does he represent? Uh, it, Gratic kind of steps forward and offers his hand. <laughs> Gratic the Wanted, House Silverclaw, at your service. Bee's going to kind of look at him with narrow eyes very suspiciously. Um... You know, on on instinct and what I've heard so far, I I already I already don't like him. Um, but I I in character, I have a hard time believing that this had something to do with a figurine. You know, uh, who who risks their lives for tchotchkes? <laughs> so you're not shaking his hand, firstly. Um, I I will I will reluctantly allow my hand to be shaked by him, but I'm not. Uh, uh, and he grabs your hand and pulls it down. And since you are so much taller than him, you kind of have to arc down a little bit. And he leans down and kisses your hand. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going I'm to pull my hand away and kind of shake it and look around for some, like, hand sanitizer. 
Uh, and he, like, when you have such a violent reaction to pull your head back, that was, that was pretty rude. You fit right in with this crew. Is there like an elven equivalent to flipping him off? Like- <laughs> <laughs> Punch in the face is universal. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Everyone understands it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not willing to break a nail over this kid. Um, seriously, you guys, it's a dragon statue. Like, R- I can't Rikus. I can't believe that all of this was over a little piece of metal. Wait, Rikus will kind of uh, take a deep breath uh, and, and look at Baranath and just say, when we first got into the city, uh, Gratik here, uh, we very suspiciously found him and met him in an alleyway. Uh, and he saw just who we were and a group of group of adventurers and obviously some skilled people and he uh had hired us to uh uh steal a dragon statue from another house uh the dragon statues uh represent the uh kind of the influence and the control over the city economically wise um and and where you came in was we had gotten the dragon statue in a less than desirable way basically uh I don't know, the equivalent of walking to the kitchen and throwing every pan in the kitchen around uh, and making a huge mess. Um, and, and because of that, and because of how loud and how destructive it was towards uh, what his idea of what we could do, uh, uh, we ended up in that jail, and eventually he ended up uh, making a deal where we ended up in Call. So the, the equivalent of the dragon statues is basically... We were hired to uh, procure a, a statue for him, uh, and and we we did, but we did in a less than desirable way. And in turn, he wanted to get rid of the evidence as quickly as possible. Um. So Brandon's going to look at uh, Gradic and say, "Oh, so did you did you get your statue?" Uh, Funny story about this. You're gonna laugh. Did you get uh, your statue? I did. Uh, Brent's gonna put her hands on her hips and kind of jet one hip out to the side and say, "So, I guess my friends deserve to get paid." Well, it, it's it's a murky area, really. It, there's a lot of gray in the deal. It, it they kind of took it back a week later. They. Uh, Darksbane. Darksbane. Well, if you can't keep your hands on your toys, honey, that's not my problem. And I'm going to tap my foot and look at him. It it also should be noted, these kids are real amateurs. Pulled a real smash and grab. Made a lot of trouble for us in this city. We're still fighting Darksbane over it, to be honest. You've cost us way more than it would have cost us to pay you, so we really should consider this even. Yes, you sending us to be slaves after some of us have experienced that before. Yeah, we'll really want to call it even. I'm still at the I... point where you got exactly what you asked for and my friends deserve to be paid. Uh, he starts eyeballing the door again. <laughs> like He starts like casually like shifting towards the door. <laughs> Rikus will just look at him and start shaking his head no, like you really don't want to do that. You'll definitely regret making that decision. Uh, and and he stopped shifting. Um, like this is his business, you guys. He's not going to disappear too far, too long. Like uh, I'm having Tessia a little bit of fun in. scaring the crap out of him right now. But I mean, we need to get what we need out of him so that we can go to Dark Spain and get a cure for Tala. 
Uh, and he, the only thing he's noticed about Tala is the voice. And then he's kind of, uh, he's kind of looking at her and she's just coated in sweat, just obviously flush, fevered, looks like shit. Terrible. Uh, Rikis will look at, uh, him and just kind of sigh a little bit and just go, look, we, we both probably, uh, aren't in the best ways of, uh, uh, best ways and best circumstances right now, but uh, our friend here um, has been bitten by uh, one of the zombies. Um, ironically enough, uh, one of the zombies in Otakal. Uh, w- what's the current situation like between you mentioned before that how Silverclaw and Darkspan are kind of still added with each other? W- what's kind of the situation? What's kind of the what's kind of the layout Whoa. right now between the two? Hang on, you guys. I have an idea. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of get down to Gratic's level, and I'm going to kind of soften my, my stance and my uh, my look at him and say, I think we can come up with a deal. You're going to help us get into Dark Spain, and you're going to help us get a cure for Tala, and we'll call that your debt repaid to my friends. Uh, and he's kind of... Uh, he kind of softens his expression, but it's more, it's, it's not one of anger anymore that he can't leave and he's trapped. It's more, oh, really? Am I? And so, why would I do that? So Galford will walk over to Gratic and say, um, you know, Gratic here is a businessman and it sounds like you're proposing a business deal to him. I think we all feel like we're owed something from him and maybe he could help us get into dark Spain, but I mean... He also deserves to be rewarded if he's going to stick his neck out to help us again, right? After all the problems we caused. So if we went into House Darkspain and we were successfully able to cure our friend, I'm, there's a pretty good chance we might run across that gold dragon again. And after all the trouble it caused us, I'm, we have no use for it. I'm sure we could turn that over to Gratic as payment for his services in curing our friend. And uh, we would all walk out of there richer in body and spirit. Can I do a bluff check? You absolutely can. I'm lying to his fucking face. I'm not giving it. Yes, you absolutely are. Okay. This is this is not even a Big money, no whammies. Uh 17. Gratic is a very accomplished liar. Uh that's pretty much his business. So he's seeing through your ruse here. With a 17? With a 17. <sighs> yeah, this that's He's not a fighter. That's what he does. I mean, this guy's pretty much town slime ball. That's his. That is his job. Um, that that's that's a good try. I, I I appreciate the effort. I really do. Man after my own heart. I have a counter proposal. I'd love to hear it. I would really rather not involve Silverclaw in this. Uh, I'd really rather not tell him that people we've exiled have come back, and it's just. Making trouble, you, you know. I you, you really don't want like to mention to that you that. failed at trying to kill us. Fail is an ugly word. It's Let's an not use word. fail. It's it's, it's again. It's a gray word. area. Um, he's. <laughs> uh, what I can do, you can stay here the night, free of charge, and I may be able to give you something to help you on your quest. That's more like it. Uh and uh, he, he yells over to Tessia, who has kind of been hanging by the doorway uh, for a while. Uh, it, 
Tessia, do me a favor. Uh, could you make up some beds for our guests? Uh, they're going to be staying the night. Uh, and she said, I already promised them they can stay as long as they want. <laughs> and he's... Busted. He's kind of staring at her like, come on, I'm tr- work with me here. Like, he's just <laughs> kind of giving her... Uh, for free? You, you told him they can... For free, as long as they want, huh? That's, uh... Generous of you. Very generous. Um, and he kind of disappears into a side room. Uh, and he comes out uh, holding uh, this this really small trunk. And he flops it up onto this counter. Uh, and he's like, look, you can take these. It's the only two I have. And I was kind of holding on to them for a rainy day. But being as how I am so generous... I will let you take them free of charge. Can I roll insight on that? Sure. 23. Uh, 23. Um, he can't get rid of these things. And he's been trying to sell them now for a while. Uh, but because of the volatile nature of the item, uh, no one wants to keep them in their in their, their sacks for a long time. No one wants to keep them in their, their backpacks. Oh my. <laughs> what is this stuff? <laughs> and he cracks this chest open. Uh, and what appear to be two small bombs are sitting in this <laughs> uh, this tiny chest. Um, uh, a little larger, like, uh, picture like uh, Magic 8 Balls, something like that, about that size. Uh, and uh, he, he, I, I'm sure you can find a use for these. You guys are pretty destructive. <laughs> Welcome back to right for it. Let's blow some more shit up. <laughs> so Galfer say, you know, I think you've, you've probably had these for a while and have been trying to unload them on someone else in the city, but you haven't had any buyers. But I think we'll take them off your hands because we could probably find a use for them. And if things don't go right, we have two of them. One for Dark Spain and one for the front door of Silverclaw if we need to find you again. <laughs> and he just narrows his eyes at you. Like, he's he's... Don't mistake my generosity for weakness, friend. Uh, and uh, who wants to take them? Firstly, who's gonna who's gonna be the daring one and put them in their their backpack? I'm looking at Trixie, Trixie and Galford. <laughs> <laughs> Are these things shiny in any capacity? Not really. Kind of dull black orbs. Okay. Um, if someone is if if Regis, if you're carrying if you carry Tala until she gets better, I will take them. Sounds good to me. So they're sitting, uh, let me, let me describe this to you. Cause they're sitting, they don't appear to be lit with fuses or anything like that. It doesn't appear to be, uh, like dynamite or, uh, like uh, your traditional black bomb. Uh, they, th- there's, there appears to be a, uh, a whole board in one end of it. And, uh, this, this cork like stopper and it's been, uh, shaved down. So it's flush with the material. So the only way to get it out is to, uh, bore into it or, or something like that. Uh, and they're packed in this chest with a lot of straw and, and he he was very ginger in the way he was handling the chest. So uh, you can guess that these are these go off on impact. Is this something like if we're gonna use these, what's the role like for to handle uh, Well, they act like potions, so you can throw them as a minor action. Okay, so I'm just, I'm thinking, like, I, I didn't know if the person with the highest, um, uh, 
like acrobatics or strength or oh these are okay it it doesn't matter anybody can use these and uh it's going to be a roll versus reflex okay all right is it possible for me to take the box that they're in as well i just take all of it so at least they're padded (laughs) sure you absolutely can it's it it is going to be bulky and you can't fight with it so it's it's while it's a small chest, it's still like it's something you got to hold with two hands and kind of lumber down the street with, like okay, like a like a case of water, something like that, something about that size. Okay. Um. Are we done with Galf? Uh, not Galford. Sorry, Gradic. <laughs> the other shitty gnome. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are advancing on Dark Spain now. It's all right. Okay, I have a few questions to ask you. Mm. Are you waiting for cover of night? Uh, that's probably not a bad right idea. Now, uh, the thing is, Valis had warned you not to walk without company, so... Well, he is my well, You'll have company. Yeah, you well, guys will have... I was going to say, I'm just... It depends, I guess. We can go... No ahead. sneaking off. Not, I wouldn't advise sneaking off. Yeah, no, not an issue. <laughs> I got a giant tiefling, you know, who's got my back. So, you're waiting for cover of night. Okay, so that's yes. that's only a couple hours away. Okay. So that's not a long wait for Tala. Okay. Are you taking Tala? Yes. Okay. How do you want to handle this? Are you just charging in, guns blazing? Uh, that's a good question. We got to talk to Valis about exactly where we're going. Like, we blew up their house, so where are they now? Well, have uh, they rebuilt? Well, they are in the process. It's it's still very much like actually. Let's load up the map. How about we do that, guys? All right. Uh, pretty much same structure as what you saw before, except the the whole front of the house. Um. Whereas this used to be kind of a like a real nice looking old house is just in tatters in the front. They're still rebuilding. You could tell during the day that that's what that's what they're spending a lot of time doing. Um, the you're guessing that they probably haven't had a chance to fix a lot of the indoor stuff, or uh it's 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 probably a work in progress just like the outside of the house like they they've they've had 2 weeks to work on it but it takes a while like that was that was a lot of damage you guys did inadvertently but still a lot of damage um outside of the outside of the place uh let me load this up for you uh are uh two warlocks that are standing guard and that's all you see. That's all you see on the outside of the building. Well, it's just no more puppies. <sighs> well, those are dead. <laughs> oh my! Um, can we canvas around the whole building, like in a way that they won't see us, to see if there's anyone else outside maybe the back entrance? Yeah, is there another entrance? I see another one at the back. Um, you could do a stealth roll if you like. All right. Now, who's okay? Who's attempting it? Is this something the entire party is attempting, or something? I kind of, I'm wondering if we should kind of like make our way around really sneaky like and see if we can, first of all, find an, another un, unguarded way in. And um, I'm wondering if we can look through, like see through a window and maybe see this guy that we're looking for. But, but do you really mean- think that if we move as a whole party, we'll be less, you know, like, yeah, I mean, there would be less. You stuff. also oh. have to look at the giant elephant feet that I have and then bounce. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'm not suggesting that we all go, like, you know, Scooby-Doo-style sneaking around together. Like, I'm, you know, I'm suggesting that as a, as a, an MO for whoever's going to be all stealthy, sneaky, like Trixie. 
I say one of us sneaks up, tosses a bomb at the front door, blows up the front door, and then in the confusion we sneak in the back. I, I, okay. I'm okay with that. Since huh. I have the bombs. In, well, I, can I even do a stealth check since I am carrying a box of bombs? Um, you could do, well, I would assume you'd set them down yeah. and just grab one instead of take the entire chest oh, yeah. and waddle up to the front door. Okay. But if we use them with but the God, box, if I, what lighter. if I fall? What if I roll like a, a, you know, a crit and I fall and I blow myself up? Or you that could, is... you could hit a crit and, and blow some serious shit up. I have faith in you. I think we can do this. I really, I really like Galford's idea, actually. Can I like, if I, if I roll a crit, can I fling it and just maybe not fall on top of it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with that when we get to it. Let's not. All right, I'll roll. Damn it. <laughs> okay, okay. Couple of things first. Hold on before you roll. So you guys are standing across the street from this place in an alley, uh, much the same way as you did the last time you you approached House Darksbane. And uh, Valis is uh, standing in the alley with you, and he is walking forward, just advancing towards this place. Uh, he he's not. Have you told him what you're trying to attempt? I'm going to kind of grab his arm and be like, uh, 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 hang on, hun. Let's, um, we got a plan on how we're going to approach this. Um, uh, when you grab his arm, the, the, the massive amount of chain that's in his hand just starts like jangling. Oh boy. <laughs> and he kind of like, he kind of like steadies it against his leg. So it doesn't make more noise than it has to. Sorry. <laughs> um, Okay, is, are we agreed on that's what we'd like to do? We're going to toss a bomb in the front, create a whole lot of confusion, we're going to sneak in the back? I'm okay with that idea. Okay, yep. anyone object? Sure, tell Valis okay. your plan and let's do it. Okay, Valis, this is what we're doing. Um, so we're going to be, uh, we're not headed straight for the front door. We're going we're gonna to sneak around. Um, okay, no time like the present, you guys. Let's, let's get in there. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Trixie, go ahead and make a stealth check. Big money, no whammies. Don't say that. Oh, maybe. 16. Well, it's not terrible. Uh, no, it's not terrible. Uh, let's see here. You go ahead and let's put you on the board here. Let's say that you are right here behind the fence. And at 16, they didn't see you. Okay. Uh, so these two guards are just kind of playing their DS, just just sitting there, just kind of chilling, not really not really paying too much attention. Uh, what I want you to do is, okay, you're taking one of the bombs and throwing it towards the front porch. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what I want you to do is roll uh, against these two guys. Roll a, a d20 plus seven, and that's going to be versus their reflex. Uh, roll for number one first. Uh, 14 will miss, and number 2. 13 will miss. <laughs> wow. Oh, damn it. Um, so this is a blast 3, so I'm assuming you're tossing it right here in the middle, like right right here, somewhere. Yeah. So that would that would have caught both of them in the blast had that not, had that hit either one of them. So what happens is, uh, you, you throw this bomb out there, and it explodes on impact, and both of these guys have the wherewithal to, holy shit, and dodge out of the way. Um, does it do damage to the building? It does, absolutely. Okay. Uh, fire uh, erupts from this thing after it explodes. Uh, and the entire front porch is just on fire. 
uh, which is going to do two things. One, that's going to get a lot of attention because uh, it, it makes this tremendous boom when it goes off. Uh, and you can't help but wonder, what if that was in my backpack and I fell down or something? <laughs> Can I run like a crazy person? Um, no, what I'd like you to do is roll initiative because... <laughs> like, um, Am I by myself? You are, right now. Um, on the next round, everyone's going to race out and join you, though, so... I'm assuming. I, I can't of speak Of course, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just barely backed away slowly and said, I didn't 20. see anything. Uh, 20, nice, that's, that's nice. good. All right, and 17 and a 24. Okay, so let's sort that out. Uh, Warlock number two, uh, he gets up and dusts himself off. He's going to use Hellfire, just straight up Hellfire. Uh, and he's going to target Trixie, and that's a D20 plus nine, 20. And that's versus your um, reflex. So that'll hit you. Yeah. Uh, D6 plus four, nine. So that's nine damage, and it's your turn. Can I use my shadow darts on number two? You sure can. 28. Uh, 28 to hit. Roll again. Nice. Uh, 10 will miss. And 19 will hit. So two of them hit. Okay. Oh, wait, no. That doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. After you miss the second time, you stop rolling. So you hit him once. Okay. Yeah. The first one was a crit, though. Does that... Oh, it was a crit. You're right. Yeah. So you do max damage with that first one, at least. So like 1d8 plus 1. 1d8 plus 1. So he's going to take 9 damage. No, you don't have to roll it. It was a crit, honey. Oh, yeah. That was a crit. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Nine. Uh, okay. uh, nine means no. Um, <laughs> fire Warlock number one. Uh, he is going to shift, or, uh, run one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, uh, he's going to tr- <laughs> he's going to try and stab you. Oh, uh, so that's a d20 plus nine. He's just going to try and put his dagger in your gut, and that's a thirteen. He's going to miss. Oh, uh, everyone else, roll initiative. Darn right, I will. Twenty. 16. 21. Tala. Where are we? Like, uh, where should we place our characters? Um, you are... Let's let's put you all, like, right Should I really here. bother with initiative since I'm not going to be fighting? Uh, if you're not going to be fa- uh, fighting, then no, you don't have to. Do I... Well, when okay, it's my turn, should I, like... <laughs> no, I was going to say, should when it's my turn, do I need to, like, specify I'm putting her down somewhere before I do anything? Um, I would, yeah. Just okay. to clarify. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, Hellfire Warlock number two. Uh, he is going to target Baranith. And he's going to use uh, Concussive Inferno. <clears throat> so, that's a close burst two. Uh, D20 plus seven. Uh, 23 versus Fortitude. Oh, God damn it! Yes, uh, that hits. Uh, 2d6 plus 2, 5. That's 5 damage. That's nothing. That's that's a boo-boo. Eh. And he pushes the target back <laughs> two squares, and you're prone. Ah. Yeah, so... Uh, but it's your turn. Okay. Um, I need a favor. Okay. Um, I would... Oh, you know what? I'm going to use that later. But I would like you to uncheck my shield of faith. I think I did already. Did you? Yep, you all took rest, so you're good. Oh, 
Okay, it was still checked the last time I looked, so, all right. Um, I think I'm just going to run up to my friend here, uh, number... Well, you have to stand up because you're prone. You have to stand oh, up, Oh, minor yeah. action stand Is that my move action? Yep. Ah, oh, mother jumper. Okay. Um, <laughs> mother jumper. Oh, wait, I'm not at work. I can say fuck here. Okay. Um, I should say, yeah, we don't say fuck on DNR. I'm sorry, we just don't say it. <sighs> no fucking way? But you already no. said it. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's it. I well, now quit. I guess we do. <laughs> okay, Astral Seal on uh, number two. Okay. Astral Seal is an at will. Targets one creature. Wisdom plus two versus reflex. Hit uh, until the end of my next turn. The target takes a minus two penalty to all defenses. The next ally who hits it before the end of my next turn regains hit points equal to two plus my charisma modifier. And I'm so charismatic. Um... <laughs> Oh, 15. <laughs> 15 versus his reflex? Uh, yes. That'll hit. That will hit. <laughs> All right. Um, there's no damage to roll on that. So he just gets negative two to all his defenses, and you guys gain health if you punch him. So Whoever, yeah, that. the next person to uh, to hit him uh, will regain some HPs. And I'm done. And uh, Trixie, your turn. <laughs> I'm going to do my uh, melee basic attack. Got a 26. Uh, yeah, 26 will hit anything. <laughs> uh, I got an 11. 11. Okay, 11 damage. Max damage, nice. <laughs> and... Galford, your turn. That was that great was pun. Uh, okay, so I'll do Shadow Claws on number one. And that's crit miss. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, do you want to move or anything like that? No, I'll just stay where I am. Uh, Valus is going to take that chain. Well, he's going to move up two and kind of sidle up next to uh, Baranith. And he's going to start whipping that chain around and make these real high arcs with it. Uh, and he's going to go ahead and roll at uh, number two. 27. Okay. So this thing clamps down on him and does seven damage. Uh, and then he's going to drag him over the fence, that spiky-looking metal fence they have wrapped <laughs> around the perimeter. Oh, my. And uh, do another 10 damage to him, raking him over this fence, jerking him with the chain. Uh, so that's going to be 17 damage. And anybody who could do something similar gets the same bonus. Uh, he's bloodied. And it is Hellfire Warlock number one's turn. <laughs> number one's going to go ahead and swing at you again with his, uh, with his dagger. Kick him in the nuts. Uh, 22, that's going to hit you, and he's going to... That's uh, 1d4 plus 5. Uh, 8 damage. Rikus, your turn. Um, so, uh, putting down Tala, is that my move action, or is that just a minor? Uh, she... Yeah, that's a minor. Just set her down. Okay, so I'll set uh, Tala down, kind of away from the action, so she doesn't have to worry about getting hit. And I will move up uh, hmm. Wait, let me see. One, two, three. Okay. Well, I will uh, rush up just because Numero Uno seems to be being a pain in the butt. Um, I'll charge him and take a swing at him with my basic melee attack. Alrighty. Which is, and then, um, okay, I only get the bonus if it's critical. So, oh, wait, no. If I rush him, do I get the plus one to my bonus, too? With the level uh, You Well, that's just part of charging someone. Okay. 
So you get two weapon damage for for charging if you hit with a basic melee. So it's plus still plus ten, or is it plus eleven? Yeah. Well, wait. You're using basic melee. You get it's plus eleven. Okay. Because you're charging. Twenty-five. Twenty-five will hit. So go ahead and roll uh, two d ten plus eight. Uh, two d ten plus eight. Eighteen. Uh, eighteen's pretty damn good. Not bad at all. He's gonna be bloodied. Bam, bloodied. Uh, anything else you want to do on your turn? Uh, no, I'm good. All right, and that brings up Tala. Tala's not doing anything. Okay. And Hellfire Warlock number two. Guess what, guys? He's going to use Hellfire because he kind of digs it. That's what he does. And he's going to use that against Valus. Uh, Fourteen versus. Yeah, that's not going to do that. So yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baran, it's your turn. Uh, All right. Sorry, does Valus still um, have his resistance to fire? Like that yes. innate thing with him? Sorry, Elena. Just wanted to ask okay. that. Yeah, Valus is just as he was when you fought him in the arena. All right. I'm moving yep. five. We're right here. I am going to use, as a minor action, I'm going to use Healing Word on uh, Trixie. Okay. So that is a minor action. Close burst five. Um, uh, I'm going to use my for myself or one ally in the burst. Um, target can spend a Healing Surge and regain 1d6 additional hit points. Do I roll that d6? I can't remember. Uh, yes, you do. All right. Uh, healing Surge and two HPs for Trixie, please. If, if you want to spend a healing surge, honey. Sorry, I should, probably should have asked you. No, I do at 19. I'm almost All half right. I'm almost bloody. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're back up to 30 there, Trixie. Thank you. No longer bloody. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, use a sunburst on uh, number two here. Sunburst is standard action melee, uh, wisdom versus AC, um, radiant damage. You and each ally within five squares gain five temporary hit points and can make a saving throw. We don't need a saving throw, but I like hit points. So, uh, d20 plus 11 is how that works. <laughs> Crap, 13. 13's going to miss. It's wisdom versus AC. No, he, until the end of my next turn, he gets a negative two to all defenses. Does that still take that into consideration? What, uh, okay, what's that against AC? AC. Still gonna miss. Ah. Sadly. Okay, as a minor action, I'm gonna pout. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done my turn. Uh, Trixie, your turn. Okay, um, I'll just do my melee basic attack again. 22. 22 will hit. Three. <laughs> Three damage. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> uh, three damage. Uh, do you want to move or anything like that? No. Uh, Galford, your turn. Okay, I will do Shadow Claws on number two. That's a crit. Well, there you go. That makes up for the other one. All right. Um, so that will do max damage, which would be 16. Okay. Uh, and then also, I think I get to roll another dice because of my uh, Rod of Deadly Casting. Yeah, uh, plus 1d10 extra on a crit. Holy shit. Go ahead, yeah. Plus another 9. Hey, guess what? He's dead. He's totally dead. Yeah, totally, totally dead. All right. Bam, dead. Um, so his his corpse just falls down, and there's a bear trap uh, lodged on his shoulder, and he's just got these these awful rake marks across his stomach, and his 
cloaks all torn, and then you just rend him with this. Like, that guy's had a bad day. Ew. I like that I stole uh, Valis's kill with, like, an ice power, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to move or anything? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, and Valis. Uh, Valis has a minor action. is going to reach down to where the body is and uh, open up the bear trap again and stare back at Galfred and Claire. Uh, he is then going to move up two spaces and swing the bear trap back around uh, and try and target one. And 22. That thing always hits. Damn. Oh, my. Uh, and that, the bear trap's going to clamp down on the back of this guy, like the, the small of his back. So it's just this awful, like, kind of grazing hit, but it's terrible. And grab this guy by his muffin top and... <laughs> drag him back with an 11 uh, and this guy's just screaming in agony just screaming and it drags him back uh, Hellfire Warlock number one uh, is going to whip around uh, at Ballas with the bear trap still attached uh, and he is going to uh, just use his dagger again uh, you're getting the feeling that maybe this guy isn't the best of spellcasters because he's only tried to use this dagger that's all he's tried to do in the fight yeah uh, 19 is going to hit Valus, and he is going to do a 1d4 plus 5. Six damage to Valus. Uh, as a reaction, uh, Valus is going to set him on fire. Because <laughs> that's what you do as a reaction. Uh, with Infernal Wrath. Uh, and that's going to be a 1d6 plus 7. Uh, and the Hellfire Warlock dies. I could just imagine that like whole scene where he like just stabs Valus and Valus just goes, you little prick, and like flicks him in the forehead and his entire body catches on fire. It's almost a it's almost this Dragon Ball Z esque thing. And he can only do that when there's no one next to him because it creates an aura. So the guy hits him and he just and just fucking obliterates him. Uh it's it doesn't it doesn't hurt incredibly, but it's it's yeah, it it's nice to polish somebody off. And you guys are out of combat. Right. Okay. The, f- the front door is up? now unguarded. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Trixie's down to thirty hit points. Everyone else seems to be pretty good. Um, uh, Valus has only lost uh, a few, so yeah. I was gonna say I will. I assume we're gonna start moving in towards the house. Yeah, we got to go in now. So I will we go back. Just made a huge ruckus. We need to. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back quickly. to Tala and uh, just gently pick her up. Okay. So uh, the front porch is engulfed in flames here. Uh, it's it's it's. There's a lot of damage done. Uh, guys, want to head uh, this way to this entrance? Yeah, I don't feel like walking through fire today. So okay. sounds good. All right. So uh, you guys travel around to the back of House Darksbane. And uh, you walk into the back door, which is now unguarded. And you guys are going to make your way into the house. 